Today is Wednesday, February 16th, 2022, and Justin Trudeau will not like this show. You see, our researchers at The Benny Show went into the history books and found some fascinating clips about Castro Jr. That's right, a few stories that Castro Jr. may not want people to remember. See, Castro Jr. is calling the freedom truckers in Canada terrorists, but did you know that Justin Trudeau himself apologized to an Al-Qaeda-linked terrorist murderer and paid him $10 million. He also defended church burnings throughout Canada, and he knelt to BLM rioters. Hmm, very interesting. It would only make sense if Castro Jr. also praised Communist China, which he does. So we looked into Communist China's human rights abuses, and we have many, many stories to share with you about what life is like in China. It's horrifying for the Olympic athletes who are currently competing there, but what is life like in the day-to-day? It will terrify you, and it will remind you of exactly why Castro Jr. is doing what he's doing. It's evil, ladies and gentlemen, and we cover it all. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. Justin Trudeau has wrecked the Canadian economy, but thanks to the Terrorist Financing Act, there is no escape from the consequences. Canadians are going to have to live with the consequences of Justin Trudeau's fiscal recklessness, whether they want to or not. Otherwise, they're terrorists. It shouldn't surprise you that Trudeau's first move in the face of a trucker protest was to clamp down on cryptocurrency. Democrats will try this in this country, guaranteed. They'll tell us Bitcoin is a Russian plot. CNN will dutifully back them up. Watch it happen. But at the same time, you've got to wonder, since we're speaking of terrorism, what happened to the actual terrorists? Those do exist. How is Justin Trudeau treating them? Well, let's see. A few years ago, Justin Trudeau gave more than $10 million in taxpayer money in a settlement to a self-described Al-Qaeda soldier called Omar Khadr. Khadr murdered a U.S. Army sergeant. Now, murdering a U.S. Army sergeant is bad, but it's not as bad as criticizing Justin Trudeau. So Trudeau did not freeze Khadr's bank account. Instead, he just made him rich and moved on. When anti-Christian arsonists burned more than 50 Catholic churches across Canada, Justin Trudeau did not declare an emergency. Instead, he issued a statement sympathizing with them. Quote, it is fully understandable, Trudeau said, given the shameful history we are all becoming more aware of. You're beginning to see how this works? In a dictatorship, the only real crime is opposing the regime. To start our show today, I wish to read to you a tweet from the editor of an Ottawa newspaper called the Ottawa Citizen Sun. The editor's name is Alison Ma. Alison Ma sent a tweet yesterday about the owner of an ice cream shop. This owner of an ice cream shop was clearly affected by the COVID mandates, the vaccine mandates, the vaccine passports, the stripping of all civil, human, and decency rights of Canadian citizens. And the ice cream shop owner, the name of which I will not say here because that is called doxing, anonymously gave the trucker convoy in Canada 250 bucks because it was a peaceful grassroots movement. The reporter has now doxed the owner of the little ice cream shop 
calling her, asking for comment, and then publishing articles about her. The Canadian press are the enemy of the people. The corporate media are the enemy of the people. Donald Trump was right when he said it. It is tr as true, perhaps more so now, than ever before. Give, send, go data was hacked. Nobody in the press is asking how or why. And the press are gleefully, rampantly doxing individual Canadian citizens, ice cream shop owners, who donated in order to open their businesses because they were against the mandates crippling and crushing their nation. These people are now being doxxed and potentially debanked. If you own a Bitcoin in Canada, you could have it stolen from the Canadian and by the Canadian government. This is because of emergency powers laws passed or enacted by Justin Trudeau, who we affectionately call Castro Jr. on this show. Castro Jr., can now steal your money if it is in a Canadian bank. He can take what is yours without a court order, without a judge declaring you an agitator of the state. How would this be possible? Well, if you had donated to Al-Qaeda under this law, if you were supporting of a terrorist group, he could take your money. Now that law has been rewritten and reworked to say if you support the Canadian truckers. The corporate press, who is the enemy of the people, are doxing ice cream shop owners and Justin Trudeau has just enacted a wartime measure to stop the funding of terrorism and weaponizing it against people who are supporting peaceful protests in Canada. Do you want to know what tyranny and dictatorship looks like in the West? Look north. You better start believing in autocratic dictatorships in the civilized English-speaking West. You're living in one. Now, our team found this alarming. Everyone should. It's shocking. It's evil. It is the banality of evil. The corporate media is doing what they always do, suckling up to the power of a fascistic regime. You may recall that Adolf Hitler received Time Magazine's Person of the Year in the 1930s. That's right. Joseph Stalin, I believe, received that award. The New York Times famously had a reporter inside of Stalin's inner circle. Walter Durante was his name. The New York Times reporter won Pulitzer Prizes for covering up for Joseph Stalin's butchery of his own people. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the nature of a tyrant to not 
attack those without. It is those within that tyranny attacks the harshest and the hardest. Stalin's personal state police was turned against the Russian people. He was the most brutal to his own people. The most paranoid. Mao was the same. Mao's great leap forward killed an estimated 60 million Chinese. These are their own people. Justin Trudeau is now using weapons of war, espionage, civil forfeiture against Canadians. He is treating his own people like terrorists for breaking the one unbreakable law in Canada, criticizing him. Ladies and gentlemen, we pause our show today to thank our sponsor. We are broadcasting from the Birch Gold Studios here in Tampa, Florida, and we just want to thank Birch Gold for being a supporter of our show. Ronald Reagan, arguably the greatest president in American history, he saw this 40 years ago. Massive inflation that we haven't seen since until today. In his own words, inflation is as violent as a mugger as frightening as an armed robber, and as deadly as a hitman. Right now, your retirement accounts are under attack thanks to the inflationary policies of this administration. If you've not yet called Birch Gold the only people that I trust to help you diversify your 401ks and IRAs into gold, then you are missing the boat. Actually, you're treading water without a life vest. Birch Gold has your life vest. Let them help you convert your IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered gold IRA. That's what you want. With thousands of satisfied customers and an A-plus rating with your Better Business Bureau, you can trust Birch Gold to protect your savings. Text Benny to the number 989898 now to get your no-cost, no-obligation info kit. This is a comprehensive 20-page guide that reveals how gold and silver can protect your savings and how you can buy them under the umbrella of a tax-sheltered account. So do it now. Text the word Benny to 989898. That's Benny, B-E-N-N-Y, to 989898 peacefully protesting against him. It should terrify all. And it bothers us greatly on this show. We have a lot of reach out from a lot of Canadians right now. Our inbox is filled. We are trying to respond to all the requests. We will not stop covering this issue. It is the greatest and most dangerous issue of our time. We began to research on this show precisely what Justin Trudeau's track record with civil liberties is. The Canadian Civil Liberties Union and some in the press, many in politics, have begun to turn on Justin Trudeau. And so we began to think to ourselves, what has this man actually done over the past few years? He certainly is treating his own people like terrorists, the true mark of a fascist, obviously, to turn the weapons of war inwardly on your own country. So, what, pray tell, has been Justin Trudeau's record? And we were shocked at what we found. You'd be shocked to know that the little ice cream shop owner who's being doxxed right now, one of many thousands, who is being doxxed right now by the corporate press, 
for donating 250 bucks to the truckers, well, she may have her life ruined. She's being treated like a terrorist combatant. So how were real terrorist combatants treated in Justin Trudeau's Canada? Only a few years ago, a man named Omar Qadir was handed 100 and, forgive me, $10.5 million. Who is Omar Qadir? And why did Justin Trudeau apologize to him and hand him a fortune? Omar Qadir is the son of an Al-Qaeda leader. The Al-Qaeda leader was murdered, killed by American forces in Pakistan. Omar Qadir admitted to killing American U.S. Delta Forces Sergeant Christopher Spear in 2012. Qadir pled guilty to this and was serving a conviction sentence in Guantanamo Bay as a convicted terrorist. He has blood on his hands. He killed an American soldier. Over the course of years, Qadir was eventually released and was taken back in by Canada. Qadir then sued the nation of Canada for $20 million for the violation of his rights as a Canadian citizen. The government apologized to Qadir and then paid him $10.5 million. Trudeau defended the government's apology to the terrorist, the murderer, the killer, Omar Qadir, and said that his rights should be defended. The Charter of Rights and Freedoms protects all Americans, every one of us, even when it is uncomfortable, Trudeau said, of the Canadian law that protects your civil liberties. This is not about the detail or the merits. When the government violates any Canadian's charter rights, we end up paying for it. Oh, interesting, Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau agreed to a secret deal that gave the convicted terrorists millions of dollars taxpayer dollars. This man murdered American U.S. Delta Forces Sergeant Christopher Spear. He confessed to it. Trudeau paid him money, cash, out of the Canadian bank accounts of taxpayers 
This is how Justin Trudeau treated an actual terrorist. He is now calling the peaceful truckers who have harmed not a hair on a single person's head. You're going to have to show me an article where the truckers have done any harm as terrorists. Justin Trudeau did not invoke the Emergency Powers Act for Omar Kadir. He's invoking that against his own citizens. He views them as the real threat. This past summer, when churches were burning across Canada, churches, Catholic churches, Christian churches, but mostly Catholic, were vandalized and set ablaze throughout Canada. Justin Trudeau did not use the Emergency Power Act then. In fact, he empathized with them. Trudeau says, I understand the anger that's out there against the federal government and against the institutions like the Catholic Church. It's real. It's understandable, given the shameful history about what we are all becoming more and more aware of and engaging ourselves to do better as Canadians. Justin Trudeau sympathized, empathized, and allowed the burning of churches throughout Canada. We are playing you some of the images on your screen right now. You can watch the historic buildings burn. Dozens of churches were torched. Is this an act of terrorism? Of course it is. Is it an act of arson? Yes. Is it an act of criminality? Yes. Are there multiple laws in Canada that have been broken here? Yes. Justin Trudeau did not use the Emergency Act in order to save these churches. Justin Trudeau bent the knee, and he continued to bend the knee. Ladies and gentlemen, we pause our programming here for just a moment to bring you extremely exciting news from our dear friends at The Daily Wire. The Daily Wire is making movies now, and their first one is a thriller. It's called Shut In, and it had me at the edge of my seat the entire time watching it. That's why this movie has a score of 97% on Rotten Tomatoes and got half a million views right upon its release. Ladies and gentlemen, that's more views than Don Lemon gets at CNN. (laughs) This is a video worth watching. It's a movie. It's cinematic. It's beautiful, and it's thrilling. So please go over to The Daily Wire and become a member. You want to watch this movie. You are missing out if you don't. Support conservatives making movies. Support movies without a woke agenda. And support The Daily Wire by going to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Get a membership today and use the code Benny for 20% off your new membership. This might be the first production of The Daily Wire, but it will not be their last. The Daily Wire also released a new trailer for Hyperions, a anti-superhero movie starring Carly Elwes, which also comes out in a few weeks, and Terror on the Prairie, the new western starring the amazing, uncancelable Gina Carano coming this summer. Dailywire.com slash subscribe to get a membership today. Use the code Benny for 20% off your new membership. Ladies and gentlemen, do it. We support conservatives being creative, and The Daily Wire is killing it. Justin Trudeau kneeled to BLM during BLM protests. Now, that is the kindest word to use for 
Black Lives Matter. Many facets of the Black Lives Matter movement could be qualified as a terrorist movement. It is quite plain, if you were at the rallies, if you were at the terrorist gatherings, that that is what the intention was. I was, I personally went and saw with my own two eyes what Black Lives Matter did throughout the city that I was living in at the time, Washington, D.C. Don't tell me what Black Lives Matter was. We did multiple reports and documentaries of the violent, fascistic, arsonists, and murderers, and assaults. Assaults on our White House, assaults on our sacred monuments, assaults on statues, assaults on citizens, all throughout the city. We covered it in great detail. The press looked the other way. The enemy of the people. Black Lives Matter riots. And I call them terrorism because there is no other word to say. They were terrorizing the streets of Washington, D.C. and dozens of other communities, throughout, hundreds of other communities throughout the nation. They want you to forget it. Black Lives Matter functioned as a terrorist organization. They went through the streets and they attacked a sitting senator before my very eyes. I watched Rand Paul get surrounded and attacked. He and his wife, Kelly Paul, had to be pulled to safety. It was right before my very eyes. After Donald Trump had given his speech at the RNC convention from the White House on a summer night, I left with Rand Paul. He was identified, surrounded, assaulted, and his life threatened by the mob. The media didn't say a word about it. The banality of evil, ladies and gentlemen. Justin Trudeau has knelt with a terrorist movement. He has paid money, Canadian dollars, 10 million of them, to literal terrorists who killed Americans. And Justin Trudeau has sided with terrorists as it pertains to church burnings throughout Canada, the torching and burnings of churches. I don't want to talk... It is irrelevant why people think that the churches should have been burned. There's an entire, it's a very controversial subject in Canada and we're learning more and more about it. But that is irrelevant. There is under no circumstance the time when a church should be burned. I witnessed St. John's Church in Washington, D.C. be set ablaze. I personally watched it. Antifa and BLM set ablaze the most historic church in America. St. John's, right across the street from the White House. 
Every single president since Abraham Lincoln has worshipped there, and they lit it on fire. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the people who Trudeau sides with, and he calls the truckers terrorists. Let this be known. He's calling the truckers the terrorists, and he is actually bailing out of jail, paying, kneeling with, and apologizing for acts of literal terrorism throughout his country. It's enough to make your blood boil. Justin Trudeau is losing every friend he ever had. This is a clip from yesterday of Doug Ford, the premier of Ottawa, where the trucker, the hub, and the nucleus of the trucker protest is ongoing right now. They are not deterred. They are bulking up. They are not deterred by Castro Jr. Doug Ford was one of Justin Trudeau's strongest allies and most Orwellian lockdown kings. He locked down his principality harshly to the great pleasure and squealing joys of Justin Trudeau, Castro Jr. And just yesterday, to show you precisely how out of step and how poisonous and toxic Justin Trudeau is, Doug Ford said this. Listen. You, know, you, you, can go to, you can go to Costco, you can go to Walmart, you can go shopping. You know, you don't know if the person has a shop beside you or not, but we also know that it doesn't matter if you have one shot or ten shots, you can catch COVID. See, the Prime Minister has triple shots, and I, I know hundreds of people with three shots that caught COVID. We just have to be careful. We've got to always make sure we wash our hands and, and move forward. But, Colin, we can't stay in this position forever. we got to learn to live with this and get on with our lives. I bet if I asked every single person in this room, do you want these damn masks or do you want them off? They want them off. They want to get back to normal. They want to be able to go for dinner with their families. And there's every single person, including myself, knows people that are unvaccinated. You know, sure, there's there's the rebel rousers, and then there's just hardworking people that just don't believe in it. And, and that's their choice. This is about, again, a democracy and freedoms and liberties. And I, I hate, as a government, telling anyone what to do. We just got to get moving forward and, and get out of this and protect the jobs. You know, we're, I think a lot of people call them, probably yourself too, everyone's done with us. Like, we are done with it. Let's let's start moving on and cautiously. And, you know, we, we've, we've followed the rules, all of us, like 90% of us, for, for over two years. The world's done with it. So let's just move forward. We just want to get back to normal. What an astonishing about face. Now, the Canadian... Reporters and commentators that I respect and that I follow say that this is just sheer political pandering. They see the poll numbers. They realize how unpopular Trudeau is. They realize that he's toxic nuclear waste and that Canada is done with him. Justin Trudeau didn't win the popular vote. Justin Trudeau lost the popular vote. I don't think Justin Trudeau garnered 30%. But because of the way that the parliamentary system is cobbled together in Canada, Justin Trudeau can still lead by the slimmest of possible majorities. Justin Trudeau is being backstabbed 
by the politicians who went along with all of his fascist decrees, Castro Jr.-like diktats, and now they're turning on him. He's gone too far. But anyone who is paying attention and listening and watching closely would realize that Justin Trudeau, well, he's simply behaving in a manner that he idealizes. You see, Justin Trudeau told us long ago exactly what he wanted to do to Canada. He wanted to turn it into a prison nation, like the nation he admires the most, communist China. Trudeau, while running for prime minister, it is remarkable, while running for prime minister, Justin Trudeau said, communist China, that's the place that I admire the most. They have single party control and they can do whatever the hell they want. It's a dictatorship. I think that's interesting. Canada, were you paying attention? Watch. Even with Sun TV watching for any slip, he was asked which country he most admired and referred to China. There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China. Um, because their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime and say, we need to go green as fast as we need to start you know, investing in solar. I mean, there is a flexibility that I know Stephen Harper must dream about of having a dictatorship that he could do everything he wanted uh, that I find quite interesting. So, we've done a little bit of research for this show. You've seen Justin Trudeau treat his own people, the peaceable people in Canada who disagree with him, as dissidents, as terrorists, debanking them, defunding them, doxing them. You've seen Justin Trudeau also kneel, kneel to the evil elements in his country, which continue to give him power. You see, because, ladies and gentlemen, the reason Justin Trudeau admires China is power. The state has final, overwhelming, and total power over the people of China. Justin Trudeau idealizes China, and so we took it upon ourselves on our show to do the actual research and to show you, our dear viewer, precisely what China is and to reveal what types of people would admire a system like China has right now. Too few have actually researched China, their horrendous abuses, and what life is like inside of China for the Chinese people. So let's begin. I hope Justin Trudeau is listening. China is a prison camp under the Communist Party. That is the best way to describe it. Their people are not free. They are prisoners. And they have a single warden, a single master. And that is the Communist Party of China. This party criminalizes journalism, criminalizes memes. Speaking out against authority is forbidden. They tried to cover up the origins of COVID-19, and they are still doing this. And they even run concentration camps. The Chinese government's authoritarianism 
was on full display in 2020 as it grappled with the deadly coronavirus outbreak. This was first reported in Wuhan, China, and authorities initially covered up the news about this deadly virus. It's killed hundreds of millions of people. Ladies and gentlemen, the government rejected international calls for an independent, unfettered investigation. And the Chinese authorities' handling of the outbreak has certainly led to the virus's spread worldwide. They don't care about the global community. They birthed a pathogen onto the earth, and they let it run rampant. There is no accountability. The only thing that must be protected in China is power, especially within its own borders. Dissidents in Hong Kong were invaded by Chinese authorities and the Chinese Communist Party. Hong Kong was independent in a executed agreement with the British and with the Chinese. And Hong Kong remained independent up until 2019, when the Chinese government imposed a draconian national security law and an aggressive assault on the people of Hong Kong and their freedoms. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not just the people of Hong Kong who have had their rights repressed in China. In Xinjiang, Muslims, the Uyghur minority population, are arbitrarily and forcibly detained. They are used in forced labor camps and under mass surveillance and political indoctrination day and night. Since 2017, an estimated 1 million or more Uyghurs, as they are called, the Muslim minority population, predominantly in the west of China, are detained without trial and subjected to political indoctrination and forced cultural assimilation. Transformation through education centers is what they're called. We would call them concentration camps. Documenting the full scope of the violations has been impossible due to lack of publicly available data and restrictions in the region. Why are there restrictions? Because the Chinese Communist Party are covering up human rights abuses. The Chinese government has attempted to erase the identity of the Uyghur Muslims. They are depersoning them. They are dehumanizing they are attempting to eliminate an entire race of people. Who does that sound like? What regimes have that sound like throughout history? A CNN investigation examining satellite imagery concluded that 100 traditional Uyghur cemeteries have been destroyed. In August, a satellite imagery study from BuzzFeed revealed that Xinjiang authorities have built over 260 massive detention structures, providing more evidence of the support of earlier findings that the Chinese authorities are detaining these Muslims in mass. While the Chinese government appears to have shut down some of the political education camps and released the detainees following global outrage, an untold number of Uyghur Muslims remain in detention and imprisoned solely on the basis of their identities. A significant number of the Uyghur dysphoria 
continued to have no information concerning the whereabouts of their family members more than five years after launching the government's Strike Hard campaign. Some released Uyghurs are forced to work in factories and fields inside and outside Xinjiang under the, what authorities described as poverty alleviation efforts. In February, an Australian think tank revealed a list of 82 global brands that sourced their factories in China from forced labor in Xinjiang. These conditions strongly suggest that the labor is indeed forced. Ladies and gentlemen, China runs minority forced labor camps for an entire race of people that they wish to eliminate. Who does that remind you of? During the COVID-19 pandemic, China's behavior was equally genocidal. In the COVID-19 pandemic, journalists and doctors alike were jailed and disappeared. Medical professionals and activists were harassed by authorities for making false comments and severely disrupting the social order in Wuhan, the epicenter of the pandemic. Dr. Li Wenlang, one of the eight individuals who tried to sound the alarm before the outbreak had been announced, was reprimanded by local police four days after he sent a warning message in a group chat following and including fellow doctors to wear personal protective equipment to avoid infection. His subsequent death from COVID-19 unleashed nationwide outrage and grief with demands for freedom of expression and an end to censorship. The authorities blocked hundreds of keyword combinations on social media and messaging apps, online posts of dissent and sensitive hashtags related to the outbreak, and demands for free speech were deleted. Leaked notices indicated that authorities ordered people accused of spreading rumors, read misinformation and disinformation, to delete their social media accounts altogether. Well, who does that sound like? Authorities detained or otherwise punished people for revealing details about COVID-19 outbreak. Numerous journalists and activists were reportedly harassed and subjected to prolonged intercommunicado detention solely for sharing information about COVID-19 on social media. Human rights defender Shen Mai along with two other contributors to a crowdsource project known as Terminus 2049, were detained by police in Beijing on April 19th and remained out of contact with their families solely for collecting and archiving public information about the pandemic. Outspoken lawyer and citizen journalist in China, Shen Kuaishi, went missing in early February after reporting on the outbreak and posting footage of hospitals in Wuhan. On December 2020, citizen journalist Shen Zhen was sentenced to four years imprisonment for reporting on COVID-19 in Wuhan. Ladies and gentlemen, this regime is evil. You are not allowed to speak freely in China. You are allowed, not allowed to move freely or to think freely in China, 
even if it means your life, even during a pandemic that took the lives of multi-millions. But it's not just for sharing information about deadly pathogens. If you share memes in China, you can also be jailed. In January of 2020, a University of Minnesota student was arrested and jailed for posting tweets mocking President Xi Jinping. Lao Dongyang, 20, was a student at the University of Minnesota here in America, and he was sentenced to six months behind bars for comparing General Secretary of the Communist Chinese Party to the cartoon Winnie the Pooh. That's right. Jailed for memes. If you criticize the regime, you will be put in prison. Entrepreneur Ren Zhaoxiang wrote an essay calling Xi Jinping a clown who desires power. While former Central Party school teacher Shai Zhai called the Communist Chinese Party a political zombie. Ren received an extraordinarily lengthy prison sentence of 18 years. Kai fled into exile. They are evil. How is religion treated in China? Regulations, effective February 2020, stipulated that religious groups must follow the leadership of the Communist Party of China. There is no religious freedom in China. The State Department in America has listed the Chinese Communist Party as one of the most religiously repressive regimes in the world. The state's repression in Xinjiang and Tibet remains severe, and they're famous. People were arbitrarily detained for orderly religious practices, and authorities deemed them signs of extremism under the de-extremification regulation. My God. It sounds so very much like what is happening here. Call it extremism, and then crush it. The CCP is among the worst violators of religious freedom in the world and shows a blatant disregard for religious freedoms and exercises extreme hostility to members of all religious faiths. That includes Christian, Buddhists, Muslims, Falun Gong. The CCP's campaign of repression against Uyghur Muslims and members of other minority groups continue to this very day. Ladies and gentlemen, China is a censorship state. China has censored American sites like Google, YouTube, Facebook, Wikipedia, Reddit, Instagram, Twitter. They are either entirely blocked or partially blocked. And for good reason. China does not want you to know what is going on inside of their nation. It creates a Real problem when the eyes of the world travel to China for the Olympic competitions. But even then, the horrors of China are emerging. Reading, reading to you from NPR.com, Olympic athletes complain about horrendous living conditions in China quarantine facility. This is what the Olympics 
are like in China. This is what China wishes to do to the entire rest of the world. Olympic athletes, some of the most fit and healthy people on the planet, inarguably, who test positive for COVID-19 are forced to isolate in Beijing. But they are reporting serious issues with their quarantine conditions. Team officials from Germany, Belgium, and Russia said their athletes are facing nightmarish situations like poor or no internet connection, bad food, no training equipment in these so-called quarantine hotels, read concentration camps set up by Chinese officials, no access to fitness equipment or struggling to communicate with their teams is especially problematic for athletes that are trying to stay in shape for the competition. My stomach hurts, I'm pale, and I have huge black circles under my eyes. I want this to end. I cry every day. I am very tired, says Russian biathlon competitor Valeria Vastanostia on her Instagram. Her account has since gone private. Interesting how that always happens. Vastanostia missed her competition. And she said she received pasta, orange sauce, meat, and potatoes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for five days straight. Germany's Eric Franzel, a three-time gold medalist in the Nordic competition, tested positive for COVID-19. The head of Germany's delegation said the hotel conditions in which he was kept were unreasonable. The rooms were too small, unhygienic, and food deliveries did not come through. Athletes are stuck in these isolation facilities until they test negative with two consecutive PCR tests. Only then can they be released to re-enter the Olympic Village and train. Beijing skeleton racer Kim Milemans also tested positive for COVID-19 after arriving in Beijing. In a series of Instagram posts, Milemans tearfully shared the details of her situation unfolding after being taken into quarantine by Chinese authorities. Guys, this is terrifying. After testing positive, she thought she was being returned to the Olympic Village in Zhenjing. Instead, she boarded an ambulance that brought her to another isolation facility entirely. She was devastated, confused, and scared. So you have no freedom in China. You are simply a ward of the state. After very public complaints, Olympic organizers fixed the problem, only directly addressing her situation at the Olympic Games, saying it should have never happened. Hey everybody, um, some of you have read the good news that I was uh, sent out of the isolation facility. We thought this meant I was allowed to return to the Olympic Village and will be treated maximum as a close contact. Um, on the way to the village, uh, we did not turn to the village, but the ambulance went to another facility where I am now. Um, I am supposed The treatment of athletes from all around the world inside 
of the communist prison state of China should come as no surprise to anyone paying attention. China is a racist ethnostate. It's 91% Han Chinese, and inside of their borders, they view themselves as the master race, a single pure race. It is indeed a racist state. Multiculturalism is viewed as a sickness, and the racism of superiority of their race is viewed as a strength. So why would they treat athletes from all around the world as equals? No. As even human? Doubt it. No, no. The communist Chinese have treated athletes from all over the planet precisely the way that they treat any other minority inside of their border. They target them for government oppression. They target their own people for government oppression. China is a prison camp run by a communist party desperately clinging to and attempting to amass further power. They silence their own people. They imprison dissent. They use totalitarian and fascistic police force to silence and oppress. And they do oppress marginalized religious and minority peoples. They are a racist ethnostate. They are indeed one of the most evil regimes to have ever existed on planet Earth. The elites around the world admire them for reasons that are simple. They get rich in China. They can strike deals with the Chinese state. And if you get in with the Communist Party of China, well, then you can make a lot of money. That is why the elites love the Chinese. The Chinese present to them an opportunity. An opportunity to get what they want immediately and without having to go through the democratic processes or moral processes. It is evil. It is wrong. People like Justin Trudeau should be ashamed of himself. It should be disqualifying to say that you admire China. And people are becoming awake. They wanted the Great Reset. They're going to get the Great Awakening. Ladies and gentlemen, we must keep fighting. It is clear what the evil forces in this world are capable of. But ladies and gentlemen, we have the right on our side. We have freedom on our side. And we will continue to fight. God, family, country is what this show is about. We are here to save America and indeed to save free Western, English-speaking populations around the world like Canada who wish to live in peace. Peace is what we want. We do not want war, and we do not want anyone to get hurt. The ladies and gentlemen, if the fascistic left continue down their path of authoritarianism, conflict is inevitable. People will not live like this. In Canada, you are seeing the results. In America, a freedom convoy has begun. And we know that freedom is going to win.
God bless you all. Keep fighting.